The Portland Trailblazers lost to a far superior Bucks team on Monday night, but before that, they won five out of seven to restore hope. Anyway, welcome to the Blazers Focus Podcast. I'm still the delusional Aaron Fentress. I cover the Blazers for the Argonian. <laughs> and I still believe they have a run in them. They showed signs of one already. I'm joined by Craig Burnback, who will assuredly attempt to burst my bubble. Anyway, Craig, how are you? I'm good. I hate I hate our dynamic that I'm the that I become the pessimist. I'm not a pessimist. I'm the realist. See, that's my line. I use that when people call me a contrarian or a pessimist. But right now, you I mean, maybe I'm being unrealistic. We'll see. Anyway, yeah. a lot of things to talk about. We got the Blazers did show signs of life. We got the trade deadline, though. That's more important. We're gonna get that first. We got a ridiculous article out there that the Blazers should continue consider trading uh, Damian. And we'll talk a little bit about Nasir Little. And the next three games are super important as far as I'm concerned. First, Craig, let's start with the trade deadline. Now, I have on yeah, I have on here that they lost the Bucks, yada, yada, yada. I really mean that. I couldn't care less. I knew they were going to lose. But one of the things that jumped out in that game, I don't know if you – I assume you watched it on TV, but there being in the arena is that Brooke Lopez, 7 foot, and Giannis, 6'11", 6'10", whatever, look like two high school kids – who went to play pickup basketball at a junior high. They look so <laughs> they look so massive on the court. And there were several times early too where Giannis had the ball and there'd be two Blazer defenders in front of him. And he just wouldn't care. He'd take a couple of dribbles and just go through them and over them and they'd be they'd have no nothing they could do about it. Just like if I went down to the local, you know, elementary school and started taking it inside on sixth graders. That's what it looked like. And those two were just dominant and just totally showed again how size is such an issue or lack of size is such an issue for this team. And they cannot compete against teams that have bigs. Now, obviously, these two do this to everybody. They have one of the best defenses in the league because Lopez is a great rim protector. And he was dropping threes like it was nothing, too. And then, of course, Giannis is one of the best two or three players in the league. So this isn't just specific to Portland. But Portland doesn't even have bodies to put out there. Granted, Nurkic is out. But after that, you'd need size, which brings me to the trade deadline, which is coming up on Thursday. And I don't think there's a person in town who follows the Blazers who doesn't want to see them add someone 6'9 or taller. I think that would be a good thing for them at this point. But there just isn't that much chatter out there. It's weird. I mean, they've been linked to Jared Vanderbilt from Utah. But other than that, it just hasn't been that much out there. I guess I didn't know what to ask you other than to say, do you feel confident that they can pull off a deal? Uh, Josh Hart's being dangled, Justice Winslow. I think I've been told that pretty much everyone other than Dame is available if the deal is right. Like they would move Ant for Siakam. They would probably package Sharp in a deal for Siakam or Bam Adebayo or something like that. That type of player were available, Durant even. Uh, But I just don't feel like right now there's enough buzz out there to even think that they're in the mix for anything big like that. So I will say that, you know, in my experience now, we're old, so we've done this for a while, is sometimes the quiet ends up being a good thing because there's actual talk. And when there's actual talk, GMs don't say anything. But it also might be because the way they've, you know, what the NBA did has worked. The play-in means that, I mean, the Blazers are closer to dead last than they are at first, but yet. We're still talking about them in a playoff game, a playoff team, <laughs> right. right? And right. and if you look at the East and the West, there's like only like six teams in the the league that are not still, you know, talking playoffs. So it's hard to know who's willing just to sell because at some point, you know, for the Blazers to get a a star player, someone's going to just have to sell. 
you know, because they don't have the pieces to make another team, you know, a team, a playoff team, a championship contender without, you know, um, it's just not going to happen. They're not, no one's going to take. They'd have to give up too much. Right. If Durant does get traded, it's because the Nets are, they're moving on. Right. Right. Um, and the other thing, when it comes to the Blazers, yeah, I think they, of like when you say like everyone's available, it's Dame. Like, of course, of course, look at the team. Like, what, what are you talking about? Like, Jeremy well, some Grant people is, wonder if some people wonder if Sharp's available. I don't think yeah, those people are crazy. Those people are crazy. Like, who, <laughs> like, what are you talking about? This is a kid that's maybe like, oh, he's baby Kobe. Right. Or he's Travis <laughs> outlaw. Like, I don't know. Like, and I don't mean to disrespect it, wow. but like, you just don't know. We heard he was a top 10 pick who didn't play in college, who has all, he's shown signs of elite athleticism and ability to do many things. None of them other than dunk at an elite level in the NBA yet. He can't shoot right. at an elite level. He can't defend. He can't dribble. He can't pass. He doesn't have the IQ at an elite level and he shouldn't at his age. But some guys do, right? You know, so it's not like, you know, Luca came in and boom, at 19, he was, you know, a top 10 player. So it's not unheard of. And of course, so of course, everyone's available other than Dame, because the whole reason that you're trying to, that everyone's available is because you're going to keep Dame, because you want to try to somehow build a, a championship caliber roster with Dame. You've kind of said that, you've made that promise. But who the heck? I mean, Grant's been great, but he's a free agent. Like, sure, all signs say when you shake the eight ball that Jeremy Grant's going to resign. Like, they're, what? Shut up, people. Like, yes. Do I think the odds are he'll resign? Yes, because he can get more money with the Blazers. But there are no guarantees in the in the, in the world of free agency. I mean, the athletic guy dropped at the end of his column. Do you see that? Hey, I wouldn't be shocked if Jeremy Grant goes back to Detroit. I'm like, I would be shocked. I would be very shocked. Like the epitome of the word shock. That's what I'd be like. Why would you go back to Detroit, a bad team, when you're Jeremy Grant? You, if you're going to take less money, go try to win a title. Yeah, but so, but they have but they have Cade. They got Ivy, and they're going to have another top five pick. So they might not be bad for long. But anyway, I agree but, with you. I'm just saying. There's a nice. Sure, you just made an argument for why you should yeah. sign there over the Blazers, and right? I. But I would. <laughs> no, no, no. Sure. I'm not saying that. I think he'd rather play with Dame. But anyway, I'm just saying, like everyone yeah. talks, like these things are givens. They're not givens. When a player is a free agent, weird things happen. I mean, I, I, I don't. We don't know Jeremy Grant that well. Everything that he's that you see from him, yes, he says the right things. The team says the right things. That always happens mid year. It's what happens at the end of the year. And of course you should trade Grant, Hart, Nurkic. The problem that I see with the Blazers is who wants to trade with them? Like what do the Blazers have that teams want? Why would you want Nurkic right now? Like everyone's like, it's over, trade Nurkic. I'm like, okay, for absolutely <laughs> To nothing. whom, for like, what, right? <laughs> right. You're just going to give him away? You're going to, is it like the couch? You're like, done with it. Put it on the side of the road. Someone will pick it up and leave us money. No, that's not how it works. You put it, <laughs> like, if you put a couch on the road, they just take it and you get nothing. So you have to have another couch. And guess what? The Blazers don't even have one couch. Like Nurkic is their only, you just talked about it. They trade Nurkic. They're playing Drew Eubanks at center. And yes, there's a great argument that Eubank, the Blazers have been better with you with Eubanks rather than mm. Nurkic. Mm. There's an argument. I don't, I, mm. but he doesn't, In he's moments. not seven feet, 300 pounds. You, you, 
if you give up Nurkic for nothing, you're tanking. You know what I mean? That's kind of where you're at. Like, because if you get no center in return that can play, you're going to be playing um, guys we've never heard of as a backup center because, uh, it, you know, Watford's your backup center point guard, whatever the heck he was doing last night against the Bucs, you know, like did work. So, and and Hart, everyone wants to trade Hart for a piece. Like, what? maybe there's a deal out there, but it's going to be small for Hart. He is not a starter and he's he's a contract's coming up. I know, but you're looking for something that better fits what you have. The Blazers are really small. So if you've seen if someone needs wing help, they might be willing to trade a marginal. Yes. Now, Cleveland, uh, one of their one site for the Cavaliers, I can't remember the name of it, they floated out Hart for Karis Levert, who's six six and like pretty good. I'm thinking, yeah. why would Done. Cleveland want to do that? It didn't make any Done. sense to me. I would do that in like- a heartbeat. You get a six six guy who can shoot the three and, and is a decent defender. I mean, done. If you could do that and get Vanderbilt and get add a six six and a six nine guy to your rotation, that's to me that's huge. Those aren't big names, those aren't stars, but it makes your team better because they just need more length and size. But that's the type of deal we're talking about. Yeah, and Hart Hart's not a, Hart's not a star, and he's not a starter. I mean, I, I would do yes. I, I would, you know, trade him for. If you could get a younger player or a player that's on a contract for next year that is a rotation player, you do it because Hart's gone. Hart's right. gone. Um, I mean, almost right. Unless you want to resign him, which you're not going to keep him. Right? Probably not. Yeah, you resign him if Grant doesn't resign. Joy, <laughs> you know, then you're in a bad place, right? I mean, no, so, if Grant doesn't come uh, back, then you, you, then you might be considering we got to blow this up because you're not going to replace Grant and bring in another star. I don't believe you got to add another star to Grant. So that would just be a disaster. I'm with you on that. Yeah, I just say I just don't see the. I mean, the summer to get rid of moving off Nurch makes a lot. Nurch. Moving off Nurkic <laughs> makes a lot more sense in the summer when you there. You know, there's a lot more available, and you don't actually have to play a game tomorrow. So now, do I think that they'll make a trade if they could get that contract out? They'd be silly not to. But I don't. Who's going to take see, Nurkic? I don't, I don't see. I, I'm not as hell bent on getting rid of Nurkic. Nurkic is extremely functional in certain situations. You know, he's he's like, you know, it's it's almost like a platoon situation in baseball. You have a guy who bats 280 against righties, but against lefties, he bats 190. So you don't bat him against lefties. And there's just some games where Nurkic is not going to be a good matchup for that team. But the guy can also go out there and get you, you know, 20 points and 17 rebounds and knock down a couple of threes. It's not like he hasn't had some big games this year. He has. I've specifically written about him because he he played so well. But there are nights he goes away. And like I said on this show and said on the radio a couple of times the last week, if he weren't flawed, he'd be $40 million a year. And you wouldn't be able to touch him. So yep. to me, just get rid of him, like you said, doesn't make any sense. You have to get someone no sense. that's functional at center. Or maybe you end up just making a trade for someone functional at center who gives you a better compliment to Nurkic. And now Eubanks is your third. And maybe you play him a little bit of four here and there. And I think you can get by with that. Um, but to me, just moving Nurkic to move Nurkic, it's just people reacting to the, the negative things. They're mad. The flaws. But, of course, he's flawed. And I, I was just on Twitter just now. Uh, apparently, Christian Wood is being made available by Dallas. And I'm Take like, it. oh, my God. I go after that guy heartbeat. And then people are like, why? He's a slow-footed big who doesn't play defense. I'm like, he's a big. He's 6'10", right. averaging he's 18 and 8. And he- tell, me, tell me the last time the Blazers were able to trade for a 6'10 guy averaging 18 and 8 who shoots 38% on threes. But we're gonna we're gonna be 
we're going to cry and say, oh, no, he, he's flawed this way. He's flawed that way. If he weren't flawed at 6'10", shooting 38% on threes and being as le- athletic as he is and as aggressive as he is going to the, to the rim, he'd be making $40 million a, a year and unavailable. So that's what I'm talking about. Like, if I can go get that guy, nanosecond. If I have him as my backup, starting at the four, put Grant at the three, with Eubanks back, backing up Nurkic, and then Wood can play some, some five as well, doing that all day. That's the type of player you try to try and get. Right. If you could if you can win slower and hard or whatever to get Christian in Wood, a pick, of done. course. Of course. He's six nine. He's twenty-seven. He 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 plays in the NBA. Like he's he had thirty-two NBA. and twelve. He had thirty-two yes. and twelve against the Blazers. It's crazy talk. Like people have fallen in love with Justice Winslow, who's been on seventy-seven teams in six years, because he had like he could dribble and pass. Like and at six foot six, he plays five positions. I'm like, guys who are 6'6 six, six that play five positions that don't have a position. Aren't, aren't LeBron James. <laughs> they're not good. You know, they're not great. But I love but, Justice Winslow. Right. If he's if he's coming off he's the a bench role back player. and four, yeah. He's, I think he's a great yeah. bench guy. I would I'd want to keep him, but they need more size. And he's 6'6. Six, six. I know. Okay, so so let's go back to let's go back to the Ant Sharp thing. So I was told that it wouldn't take a superstar to get sharp. It would take a star though. But the timeline situation is an issue because he's not on Dame's timeline. To me, he's going to be really good next year and then maybe potentially star caliber year three or four because he does have a long way to go. And, and his deficiencies in certain areas, if he started and played 35 minutes a game, he'd have several spectacular plays a game like he does now anyway. But he would make just a plethora of mistakes. Most of them will just not really be noticed by people if we don't know exactly what the play is or exactly what the defense is. But he would hurt your team because he's just not there yet from a basketball IQ standpoint at this level. Everyone I've talked to about him say he's super smart. He's willing to learn. He picks up things quickly. But it's the difference between picking it up mentally and then applying it in real time in the NBA at 19. You didn't even have a year of college basketball. So could he be great? Possibly. Could he just end up being pretty darn good? Possibly. But if you can trade him in a package to get – like I just mentioned, Siakam, someone like that, or even Durant, in a nanosecond. Because now you are, as long as you keep Ant and or Grant, you are championship caliber. So so Sharp is definitely available. Ant, though, if someone's looking for a young point guard to build around, Ant would probably be more likely because he makes $25 million and you can match salaries better with him, and then you can keep Sharp, so you stash Sharp. You get someone else to come in. You, you start hard at the two if you don't trade hard, or you just go ahead and roll the dice and start sharp now at the two if Grant's go, if Ant's gone. But he's a possibility as well. But again, it depends on what you're getting. It has to be something really good and something that you need and someone that you know is going to stay. Hopefully, they don't have one year left on their deal. I just don't think anything like that's going to pop loose. I just don't think there's a player out there that's going to be available. I don't think the Nets are going to make Durant available. I don't. Nope. I think Toronto could be looking to rebuild, but maybe not without Siakam, uh, maybe OG. Would you trade Ant in a package for OG? As much as I love Ant, and you know how much I, I love would. that kid. It, I would. OG 6-7 plays both ways. That's what they need. Ant yep. and Dame are never going to work in the backcourt together unless you just have a superstar defensive uh, front line with them because you just can't – I don't believe you can win in the NBA with two smallish guards in your backcourt. Look, eventually, the, the hope would be that Sharp – in two years would be pushing, would be making one of them irrelevant. Just like he made CJ kind of, not irrelevant, but movable. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, and so you would, you would hope that, um, 
it doesn't make sense to continue with the two small guard, if, guards if you can get a forward who could do the same things and more. I mean, I, I'm Ant has played, you know, in this last run he's played well. He's increased his. Uh, he's gone. You know me, how mad I am when he just keeps shooting threes. He's gone to the hole. Unfortunately, he's going to the hole when they're down 25, right? And you're like, oh, great shot. You know, whoop-de-whoa. But it doesn't matter. But, yeah, of course, I would I would move um, a potential all-star ability, you know, forward for, for you know, I'd get rid – I'd trade Ant. Guards are easier to find. You've got, you've got his replacement already on the roster in Sharp. I mean, like, eventually, they're not going to coexist. And I don't – I don't know. I know it's a scoring league, and I'm just not 100% convinced that Simons is a is a point guard, even in the new NBA. You know where he's going to be, what Dame can do it, you know, with seven assists or even more. Or he was doing that last year when Dame was out. He right down 20 and whatever. You know, like, but no, he's still no, an no, average. No, before, no, no, no. Assists. Before, before, before yeah. they didn't start losing games by 20 until Ant and Nurk got shut down. They were like eight and seven with those two after yeah. after Dame was shut down. It's just, he was, he was putting up. He was he showing signs. Come in and play. He was showing signs. Is what I'm saying. Of being a legitimate. Look, I'm point just guard. saying, I'm not convinced. Like CJ, eventually he could play backup minutes at the point, but he's not. He's not that. So yes, I would trade Simons. I would trade anybody for Siakam, other than Dame. You know, because we're not trading Dame. And if you're going to trade Dame, Siakam's not a bad guy to get back. <laughs> no, I'm not saying that's going to happen, but I'm like, it's not even a question to me. Like, right. of course, if you want, if you want to win with Dame, you got to give up something. And Sharp, if Sharp gets that done, but it doesn't. I mean, Toronto's not going to trade. You know, Simons is not going to get you Siakam. And well, yeah, not it would even be close. Yeah, and, and I'm and I'm not. I'm just saying it would take that caliber of a player to make the move, and you would have to do that. I'm not saying that caliber of player is going to be available. I mean, that's the thing. Uh, there's other teams just, that just have so many – have better assets. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's a catch-22 for them in a, in a lot of different ways. And here's another thing, too. I don't believe they should trade Dame now. I do think at some point it's probably going to become a situation where it's going to be a mutually agreed-upon thing that maybe it's time to depart ways so Dame can go win a title and the Blazers can get back assets. And in that scenario, and and Sharp, that's your backcourt. And you're, I think you're feeling pretty good about that moving forward, especially yeah. if you need a bunch I mean, of good if that's where if if that's where you're starting, yeah. then you're not resign. And also, you know, if you trade Dame, you're not resigning. Grant's not going to resign, probably. You know, like it just it just puts things. Uh, you're not there yet. No one said that uh, it'll be a shocker if Dame gets traded because that's not what you know they've said. He said um, to me, if you're Cronin and you want to be different. Then the last decade of Neil O'Shea, and you got to be aggressive if it's available. And you, there's just no down. You know the upside of what Sharp can be. That's what happens, like in the NBA, right? You trade guys, and odds are, if you trade a young guy with potential for a a, a solidified guy that's you know in his mid twenties. The team that takes back the solidified guy in his mid-20s, odds are you're going to win that trade because more players don't develop than do develop into stars. So it just – to me, of course you make that trade when your point guard's you know, got a window of four years um, and maybe less. It doesn't 
and I was listening to the radio and it was like a question, like a debate. Would you trade Sharp and Simons and other things for Durant? I'm like, <laughs> what? But A, not going to get it done. But B, I'll, yes, I'll drive them there myself. Like, you know, I think like, Ant Sharp and Sharp and Picks and, and, and Salary Match, I think gets it done if, if, if they're blowing it up. I would do that in a heartbeat. Who's going to give you more than like, that? I don't think anyone is, but I would do that in the Nets. Well, I would, if I'm the Nets, yeah, I would tell you. If I'm the Nets, I would the Knicks, the Knicks could give you more than that. What? A lot. OB Toppin. For, they got young players. They got tons of picks. They could give you more than that. I mean, Nobody I'm wants. just saying. Who, they got who can tons they, of picks. Who? Who can they give them? Well, okay. So, RJ Barrett can't shoot, but he averages 20 a game. You can move him. Grimes is, you know, people love Grimes. Two-way player. You could give him Mitchell Robinson, you know, a, a seven-footer who, you know, is 25, a very a good contract. Who would you, you have seven. Have? Yep. Those guys are sh- sharp and ant. I've. Well, what are you trying to do? Are you starting from scratch or are you going to try to win now with what you got? I would rather have – well, look, Mitchell Robinson is um, an elite defender and still like 25. R.J. Barrett, I don't think he's ever going to shoot. I mean, it's just – I trust me. I've wanted it. I've hoped for it. I've dreamed for it. He just can't – it's not going to happen. He still gets 20 a game, and he can play both sides of the court. Um, I don't love Simons like you do as far as thinking he's going to be an elite player. And I don't know about Sharp. I'm just saying, and they have more picks. You're, the Blazers' picks aren't there. You know, they just don't have them. Um, no, they have their picks. It's just one's tied up right now. That's why I'm just but saying they, like, they don't they have the re- flexibility that others can, have. Well, they can relinquish the, the protection on it, and then they know where they stand. Yeah, I, what, I mean, I would do the trade. I'm not going to argue if anyone can do better because we just saw what happened with Kyrie Irving, right? Dallas came swooping in. Their owner, I mean – Look, the odds of the Nets trading Kevin Durant to the Knicks is probably zero because they're not going to let him play right next door. So the Knicks aren't going to get Kevin Durant, so I'll shut up now about that because he wouldn't <laughs> – I'm just saying, like, he wouldn't – there's word that he would – that the owner wouldn't trade um, Kyrie to the Lakers. So there's no way he's trading Durant to the Knicks. So um, I'm just saying there's no given. It's not like you're sitting here with all these – you know, there's so many other teams that Utah's got a gazillion picks. You know what I mean? Like they have flexibility and and uh, to move. You're not the only one that's going for star players. Um, but I, I'm interested to see what they can do. And I wouldn't be shocked if it's a smaller move and it makes you worse this year. I wouldn't be shocked if you sent, trade out Hart and you get a maybe a younger player and a pick. Um, I just don't know what you're going to get for these players. And I agree on Nurkic. Everyone wants him traded. But I'm like, what are you going to get that's going to be worth trading Nurk right now if you actually want to play NBA games tomorrow? Because you can't play NBA games without tall people. <laughs> like, it's a, it's a problem. It's huge. This is, this is true. All right, we talked a little bit about Dan Murray, so I'm gonna, I moved the, the rundown around a little bit. And let's go straight to other teams getting better. <laughs> So the Mavs, because we're talking about what the Blazers need to do, the Mavs got Kyrie, Suns are getting Booker back, Cats coming back. Maybe. Um, but maybe. Uh, there's another team that just, I thought, did something. Oh, the Lakers got Rui Hachimura. Lakers got a better. A weeks they ago, got better. And they're probably going to add, they're, they're trying to move Westbrook so badly. Uh, so, yeah, it's, you know, let's, let's start with Dallas. W- where are you on this situation with Luca? And Kyrie, how is that going to work in your estimation? Um, it's going to work fine. I'm not happy about it, but it's going to work fine because they did it with a with Brunson, <laughs> and they almost made it to the final. You know, they they 
they killed it in the playoffs with a with Jalen Brunson basically playing the role that Kyrie's going to play. Mm-hmm. You know, and I hate to say it, but Kyrie Irving's way better than Jalen Brunson, even though Brunson played. You know, could have been an All Star this year, and that you know that's the best free agent signing in Knicks history. But Kyrie Irving is exactly what worked for them in the playoffs, um, and what they're missing this year. You know, they lost Brunson. And they've been worse because they don't have another guy to really play off it. Dinwiddie's good. He's a solid, you know, point guard. He can. He's a volume scorer, not necessarily a, a playmaker. Um, but you know, in the playoffs, especially, um, Luca proved that he could play off the ball, and the he could be effective, and the Mavs could be effective, and so. Look, I don't like Kyrie Irving. Like I, I'm not root for him. But and Mark Cuban, he got. I respect him as an owner because he wants to win, and you know he's a Jewish American, so there was he had to have some. He had to have some thoughts, right? You know, he had to have some thoughts about the Kyrie thing, and he made the trade because there's no doubt they're better. I mean, they're they're a team that's right there. You know, barely above 500. Luca's been out for a few games with a heel, but they just added Kyrie Irving, who. He's just an elite talent, man. So I, I think it'll work. Kyrie Irving has not, quote unquote, worked for a team since he played with LeBron. And then he blew that up. Then he messed up things in Boston. And obviously, he's been a problem. He was working with Brooklyn. They were great. They were great. For, they were going to go. They were, for two they were gonna, months. But I'm just saying, like, basketball, that's all you need, right? How much is left? I know. I'm just. I'm just saying. There's a lot of reasons not to trust that a he's gonna work and b that he's gonna stay healthy. He might be working and then yeah. get injured. The guy gets injured all the time. I would be. Just, some of them are real. Some of them are about, even real. Right. <laughs> I, I'm. I'm more fascinated not with what's gonna happen the rest of this season, but with what they do with him long term. Are they gonna give him four yeah. years fully guaranteed? No. No chance. No chance. You know, incentive laden and like I. I would probably sign him, but it would be like a one-year guarantee with club options for the next three. <laughs> like you have to do X, Y, Z and fly straight, or I can just get out from under you. The idea that they want guaranteed money over long, over multiple years is just hilarious to me. If a team, like, if you look back, I've always thought if you look back at the last four or five years of, of a player and say, would you pay whatever X amount for what that person did in those years? If your answer is no, why are you going to pay that type of? contract for the next four or five years moving forward now that they're older so he's going to have more injuries in the next five years than he's had in the last five probably based on just biology and you can't trust him even when he's healthy because he just does certain things and, and he, he's got, he has a fan base out there that supports like his the idea that he can just do whatever he wants because he's great at basketball and it's his own business no you you work for a team you work in a league you have teammates you're beholden to other people and other entities and if you don't understand that then you're not going to operate accordingly and you're just going to be a problem and then when he's 45 50 he's going to do the big interview on espn and talk about how oh yeah i was a young knucklehead back then that's almost a guarantee at this point let's hope that's no he could go the other direction i mean i guess but i I, I think by all (laughs) accounts by all accounts he's generally supposedly a good person and i truly don't believe he meant uh, to deliver the message that he kind of was delivering. He just, the way he doubled and tripled down on it and became just arrogant and unwilling to just apologize and do the right thing is is mind-blowing to me. But I really don't believe that came from a a 
harmful place other than his own arrogance and hubris, as opposed to him being, you know, a racist in any way or or what have you. And that's part of the pro- and that's and that part of the problem is what the fra- trappings of fame and when you're enabled by so many people. So I would hope Mark Cuban isn't going to no longer enable him. If someone holds him to account like that and gives him a one year deal with player a club options, maybe he'll change. But anyway, regardless of that, they did get better. And if you're the Blazers and you're chasing, this is one of the teams you're chasing. It's like you're trying to get someone like Vanderbilt or maybe Christian Wood or something, and then Dallas just got Kyrie Irving. <laughs> and if he's flying straight, they're going to be a lot to deal with. And they were smoking. They smoked the Blazers twice. They also lost to him here, but one was without Luka Doncic. Excuse me. Uh, but, yeah, I'm taking Dallas in a, in a series over Portland with those two all day long. And they're not done. You know, obviously, if they're willing to trade Christian Wood, they're trying to get defense because they definitely traded out defense and they were already bad defensively. So they're going to do that. Um, yeah, I mean, just quick on Kyrie. No way if I'm Dallas, I trade him. I, I sign him for four years. The most I do is two. And when everyone – of course he expects that. Kyrie expects that because he doesn't understand reality. He thought – he might think the earth is flat. I mean, like this is not – and, He's backed and, off of that. And, or didn't even say he was even I'm joking I'm just saying, though, that. like these are the things – everyone talks about his, um, you know, his ignorance and his arrogance. The guy went to Duke for a year. The guy grew up in he New Jersey. He went to Duke for like two months. Whatever. But I'm like, he, he grew up in New Jersey. He didn't grow up like, you know, somewhere where he was uh, – didn't have the ability to learn. Um, he's not from – there's no excuses for his ignorance. And some of the things he and his arrogance, and it doesn't matter. All that doesn't matter when you talk about basketball. He's not a good teammate. The 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 Nets. He doesn't care about the team because the Nets had a chance to make it to the finals, maybe win a championship. You have Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, and and Durant got hurt. That team was on fire when they were both together. And in the East, Boston's great, Milwaukee's great, but Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving and that team had a chance. And if Simmons ever found a role, right? I'm just saying, like, he blew up a situation where there could be a championship. So I got no – when it comes to wanting Kyrie Irving on my team, no. But this year, right now, we're doing a podcast about the Blazers and the Mavs are better because they got Kyrie Irving and they didn't give up, you know, Luka Dockage is the only player that you shouldn't give up for him. And they're going to play together and they're going to be great if they, you know, if they stay healthy. Um, and other teams, you know, the Suns are about to get an all-star, you know, you know, they get book with Booker back. They're not, they're an elite team, you know, in the West. And Zion's um, on his way back. When Zion comes back, the Pelicans are going to be a threat again. And, you know, Memphis is not going to continue to suck like this forever. Right. And New Orleans is going to go back to being better. So you're not, you're not going to move up in the standings because to move up in the standings, you have to win consistently um, at some point. It's gone longer than I thought. I mean, OKC's kind of gone back down. You know, I, I don't really be, believe in Utah and Sacramento. I got to shut up because they just keep winning. So I guess they're all right. But whatever. Even if you get in the play-in, what does it matter? You know, in that sense. But they're not – to me, the, problem, the thing with the Blazers, I think Blazer fans are frustrated is because we came in and we talked about like, you know, three or four big goals. Number one, Damian Lillard healthy. That's a win. He's all-star. It's all great. Nurkic playing up to the contract. I know what you're saying, but most people were hoping he'd be better. He's not. Right. Um, they, they were hoping that Nasir Little would step into the starting role and show signs of being a young player that would you know, give, be a starter. Hadn't happened. 
your guy Simons has been fine, but he hasn't taken a leap, right? You haven't gone, oh, crap, he's playing for an all-star. Grant's been really good, but lately been kind of down. So Blazer fans are like, what they're, what's there? And Sharp's been playing, which we always said, like, if he's playing, it's one of two things. One, holy crap, he was so good you couldn't keep him off the floor. Or two, the Blazers have had injuries and no one else be able to step up and, and play. It's kind of more the, you know, that one. So and Gary, I Payton, get and Gary Payton's playing, and he hasn't been that impactful. And he's been played. nothing. Right. Yeah, and he's been kind of like what <laughs> you, know, you should expect from a guy that didn't get a real contract till you gave it to him. You know, like, and he's no longer on the Warriors. And the expectations of you on the Blazers when you're on, you're one of five is higher than when you're on the Warriors and you're one of five on the court. Um, I told you I didn't love the GP two signing, other than the fact that. It wasn't that much. You know, you reminded me in the NBA, the money he's getting is nothing. So it's not something you can't move off of. And I love GP2 and I want him to be better, but he's not. He's like signing a uh, good relief pitcher. He only matters if you're able to get the lead. Right. So with the Warriors, they can score a lot of points and they get some leads and he go out there and be disruptive for 20 yep. minutes. And oh my God, because he, he's making impact plays in the game on a team that was putting up a lot of points so he can make some players that would stand out. On this team, he can, he's still making some of those plays, but they don't stand out because he's not on a team that's, that can be as dominant as the Warriors could be last year. And so if he makes a great steal and it leads to a dunk on the other end, but you're down 10, it doesn't matter. If you make a great steal and the other team's down five and they're trying to make a run and you shut that run down, then it sticks out. And so that's, that's how he is to me. And this team has not done enough in other areas to make that relief pitcher matter. If you're down 4-2, every time the guy comes in, he might he might strike out the side, but you're still down three. <laughs> you're still down four two at the end of that inning, right? Um, and no one's right. scared of him offensively. No one's scared of him offensively. No, I mean he can shoot the corner three, I guess, but yeah, I mean, yeah. So anyway, um, so we, we you know we talked about teams getting better. Let's talk real quick about this week. So they won five of six, and I almost text you talking trash, but then they lost to the Bulls in the back. Thing you didn't. They lost to the Bulls in the back-to-back, which I bring, you know, back-to-back three games and four nights, they ran out of gas in that game. Bucks given. So, like, those two losses don't even mean anything to me. I think this team has turned a corner now. Have they turned a corner and they're heading down the street of dreams, or have they turned a corner and now they're just heading down a better street than the street they were on? Um, I think we're going to find out this week. Th- th- these next three games are ginormous. You've got the Warriors Wednesday without Curry. Then you got OKC Friday. Then you got the Lakers on Monday. All three teams are right there in that mix of <clears> – <throat> The fifth and the 13th place teams in, that, in this conference are separated by three and a half games, which is incredible to me. So you're only three and a half games out of fifth if you're the 13th place team, and that's the Lakers. The Lakers are only, I think, a half game behind the Blazers, and the Blazers are only two and a half, I think, behind uh, Golden State. Anyway, right now, so far this season, the Blazers are 1-2 and two against the Lakers, 0-1 against the Warriors, and 0-2 against OKC. So the one and five against that group. And at some point, it seems like we're going to get to the end of the season and the tiebreakers are going to matter. Like the tiebreakers can be the difference between yeah. getting in the top six or being uh, 10th and maybe and, and having to play two games to get in, ninth or 10th, having to play two games to get in versus having to play one or just being 11th and 10th. Like it could, it could come down yeah. to OKC and, and Blazers are tied for 10th, but oh, OKC won three or four in the matchup. So yep. if they, they need to win all three of these, at least two. If you lose one, the one to lose would be uh, – wait. To the Lakers. They played the Lake. – they're one and two against the Lakers. Yeah, one and two. Yeah, to be the Lakers because – well, uh, man, no. 
Well, they're behind Golden him State. in the Golden State, so. Golden State, Golden State, because you still have two chances to tie that up. Anyway, the point is, if they can't win two of these next three, preferably all three, then, I mean, you also have, who else? They have oh, The Wizards, they better win that game. If you win three of the next four, you go into the all-star break, 500. If you go two and two, you go into the all-star break, 200. If you go one and three, you go into the all-star break, four under. If that happens, <laughs> they're just, I, I mean, I just can't take them seriously unless they put off a, a nice trade Thursday that, you know, lends itself to some hope. But you cannot lose these, up three, coming, these three upcoming games. Yeah, I mean, I agree, and I don't think there's a chance they go three and zero. That's what I've been saying because they don't, because they don't. Like you're right, they, they won had a four straight beat, last week. Let me tell you something. They beat <laughs> when they beat Memphis. I felt oh, so yeah. good about it, and then I yeah. then I looked at Memphis. I was like, oh, they they're they're crap right now. Like okay, Aww. and then they came. Well, I'm just saying, like, and then they they, they, they went out and they, it looked like they were going to get destroyed. They were down by seven thousand points, and they came all the way back to win. I was like, okay. I saw the same flaws, but you thought, okay, all right. But no, and then they do what they do because that's what they are. They're right around a 500 team, probably a little less than a 500 team. They're so bad defensively, Fentress. They're so bad. They're 28th. I mean, they're better than like – They're down to 28th now? They fell to 28th? Yeah, it's something terrible. They're like better than the Spurs and the Rockets. But that's part of that's with Nurkic's being out the last few games. But they're terrible. They're not mediocre. They They were 22nd before Nurkic got hurt. Okay, I mean, they give up so many points that are so easy. Like it's they don't like last night. The Bucks were sleeping. They were throw. They were trying to give the game. They were throwing the ball more to people in the stands and their own guys, and they were still just walking up and having fifteen wide open threes. Guys, you're like, who the heck is that backup point guard? He looks like Fentress, and he's hitting six threes. You know, like, wow. <laughs> I just I was saying like they're, they're not. They, I, I they, just don't see why they give up so for. many points, Fentress. So many points, even in their wins, they give up so many points. And they're going to go, they should go two and one and give you a glimpse of hope. And then beat the Wizards, they go three and one. Three and one. And if they, and they should go, they, if they can't go three and one, if they go two and two, that's who they are. If they go three and one, they're still pretty much a 500 team, right? Because we're sitting there saying, can they beat these teams? None of them are good. Like, and you said you had no hope that they were going to beat the Bucks. No hope. Zero. I wish I lived in I wish I lived in Oregon because I live over here in Washington and I couldn't go bet my house. Like it was like a four point spread. <laughs> I was like, who is who's watching this, guys? You guys are experts here. Of course they're not going to cover four. They can't guard any of these people. So I, I you know I want them to be better. I want them like I was hopeful. I was like, hey, you beat Memphis at Memphis. That's saying something. You come back from that deficit. Boom. But yeah, I, you know, odds are they'll go, they should go three and one. Um, but they have, you know, they probably have to go four and oh, in my opinion, to, to actually ascend to a team that's going to be in the top. I mean, top six, like I can't even say it. Like you they have to easily be top people. six. They could easily do get on a run. They, they can pull off yeah, the I right trade and get it and get a little bit of length. You, you don't think this team can win seven or eight in a row, six or seven in a row? Uh, no. If they make a trade, you tell me who they get. Yeah, but no. As as they are right now, I don't see them winning eight in a row. I don't see them – definitely don't see them winning eight in a row. I don't see them winning six in a row. I didn't yeah, I see them see- winning four in a row. <laughs> you know, like yeah, I don't see when you look at the schedule. I don't, I don't see them winning eight yeah. in a row either, but I think they can win like eight out of 11, do something like that. And, uh, and, and maybe they can, but they haven't done it since, you know, 
you know, against quality teams, you know, as well. And ugh, like the Bulls aren't good, and they just didn't. It just that, didn't, was, a, that know, was a third game in four nights. I know, but this is what NBA teams do. How, let's go back. A lot and of people see, lose see how many third times. game in four nights and send back. At back. some point in time, you have to do things like win when, like the the win in Washington was great coming back. But even I mean, they were down fourteen three to the Bucks. Like you're like, well, this is over, <laughs> you know. And then they, of course, I'm like, but it's not. Like everyone talks about, oh, they keep coming back. I'm like the NBA. Watch every NBA game. No one stays down twenty. Like it just doesn't happen. Other team gets bored. They put, you know, so, you know, like it just, I, I mean, the Knicks blow, the Knicks blow 20 point leads all the time. Sometimes they win. Sometimes they don't. It's the NBA. It's the nature of the NBA for the non-elite. You know, the elite teams usually don't, they usually go up 10, stay up 10, win by, you know, between 12 and eight. You know, that's why every spread for the best teams is right around eight, you know, unless there's injured players. So. Hey, I want look if they make a trade and they get bigger and they, but to, at some point you got to play defense. I mean, and I don't see it. I mean, I thought Nasir Little was a good defensive player. Now, coach is saying he can't even get on the court because he's not a good defensive player. The only hope so defensively, the only hope defensively is Nurkic will be back. You need to get Winslow back, and if you can pull off a deal for someone like it's Vanderbilt or someone else who just gives you another six nine guy who has some length and at least tries to play defense. If you add those three things back to the lineup, I think their defense can get back to being in the teens, which is where they were for a long time. Uh, they're 27th right now, or 28th, and they used to be in the low 20s, and they fell off a lot because Nurkic is out. So that's the only hope defensively to get decent. Uh, so we'll see what they pull off. Anything else? You done bashing this team? Thien got, I'm not bashing. I'm real. Yeah, you're bashing. Uh, Thien's got a no-look pass for us. Uh-oh. You ready? He put it in the yes. chat. He put it in the chat. Um, true or false, Drew Eubanks will be a blazer when training camp opens this fall. Ooh. It's a good one. Um, I'll, I'll say true because I don't think they're going <sighs> to ah, – I mean, they could trade him this summer for sure. Uh, but he, I think on, he has more value agent. for the Blazers than any other team. And I don't think him as – I don't see any team – him – I wouldn't be shocked either way, but if I had to bet – I would say, yes, he'll be there for training camp because he has more value for the Blazers than he does other teams. And I don't think other – so I don't think other teams would um, necessarily uh, want him in a trade. But, of course, sometimes he, he, you just need to do it for contracts. But I would Well, he's going to be a free agent this summer, though. Yeah. They signed him to a one-year yeah, that's true. deal. That's right. At $2 million. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I think he'll – I think I'm gonna I'm gonna so say hard. I'm gonna say no, and the reason why you I'm think someone say else no, will give him something. Well, I just think that I I don't believe the Bla- I don't believe that Eubanks is in the Blazers' plan as the backup center. I think they kept him as a third center, but I think someone like Trenton Watford, who's under contract, is going to continue to develop and be more valuable. And I think that Eubanks, the way he's played this year, that someone out there is going to say, "Hey, we'll give you a two or three years guaranteed." maybe two years guaranteed club option or something like that and steal him away in free agency. You're not going to be able to keep him. That's just what I think. But I think in an ideal world, you upgrade backup center and he's your third guy. Yep. Right. But why someone's going to want him as a second guy or something at the four too. I mean, we we sit there. Yeah. And he's, he's not really, I mean, he's six, nine, you know I mean? He's so athletic, but he, he can't, he, he's better if you just need a defense, depending on what your team's made up of. If you've got a, 
it'd be better if he could guard fours because he's athletic enough to guard some fours and, um, or, you know what, he goes and plays, he goes and gets more money in Europe, <laughs> you know, signs a bigger contract, you know, we guarantee money. I don't see that, but I've just fallen in love with them. I've fallen in love with Drew. Like, it's just he's so fine. nice to see this, yeah. this kid that I saw in high school gangly and just being so athletic and being like, why does anyone want this guy at the at division one level? And then, for him to be in playing the way he is, and man, his back was cramping or something when he went back to the locker room. I was like, that guy's dumb. He can't come back. And there he is back out there playing his, you know, so you like to say playing his took us off. And here's this, here's what's crazy about him. His 113 defensive rating, which is mediocre, 116 last year, but his offensive rating this year, 134. That's his offensive rating. That's Hall of Fame. <laughs> <laughs> Well, when you dunk a lot, <laughs> when you shoot seventy percent, his uh, his was his uh, oh man, he's forty three percent on threes. Give that guy some more threes. Yeah, he's taking times. like eleven, right? Yeah, something like that. But his uh, why can't I find his true shooting? I can't find his true shooting. Anyway, his uh, effective is sixty nine point six. Yeah, he knows his he knows his role. He does. like he he knows he's like I'm I'm not out. He doesn't look at the basket above the free throw line unless he's wide open for three <laughs> and there's two seconds on the clock. Like he knows I'm setting a pick here. Like everyone should know that, right? And uh, I'm not gonna. I'll go to this crazy hook if I have to. Like if there's no one. But last night, it, you know, it was interesting watching the Bucks. They didn't guard him at all. They didn't guard Hart at all. <laughs> they didn't. You know, they just left him and said, "Dude, Hart has lost all confidence in the shooting." Oh, it's terrible. There was one last night where he got the ball and like there was no one else to pass it to, so he had to shoot it. And he kind of like took one little second pause and trying to line it up. And then he did when 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 NBA shooters are overthinking a three, they tend sometimes to lean back, almost like not quite a fadeaway, but they have a little lean into them. And then their 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 motion of their arms is just a little janky. And he did that, and I was like, "There's no way that's gonna that's gonna come close to," and it just bricked. And I was like, "Wow, that guy!" He hit the front of the rim on one of them. I was like, "Oof." He lost. See, here's I feel bad because at the beginning of the year, I kept saying Josh Hart can't shoot. And you kept saying, he can shoot. Look at his numbers. I was like, yeah, I guess. I'm just going to the eye test. And now he can't shoot. Why do you want to bring that up? Because I was, (laughs) because it's funny. I feel bad because you were actually right about his numbers. I was like, he can't shoot. And you're like, look at his numbers. I was like, yeah, it doesn't look like he can shoot. And now, and now, and he hit that game winner against Miami. It's been all downhill since. He had a couple last night. I thought, oh, maybe he fixed it. And then I was like, oh, no, he didn't. He did not fix it. And he doesn't want to shoot it. He, you know, he's made some nice drives because, you know, players have come out and you're like, don't do that. Don't come out on him. Let him go. Uh, Are you going to read? Do you want me to read what uh, Mr. Thien just put in the uh, chat? Because it's kind of. What did he say? Josh Chuck Knobloch Hart. That's not cool, man. What? The. Chuck Knobloch, remember he couldn't throw the first. He had the yips. He had the Steve Sachs. Oh. Yeah, it's not cool. He hit Keith Hold Oberman's on. mom in the in the stands with the baseball once with a terrible throw. Google that. It's a great story. <laughs> Dude, he went yeah, two, three. He went. He had, oh my God. In f- five of his last six games, he didn't even make a three. He did last night, we, though. He hit two, right? If we go back to let's go January 4th. He's shooting 23% on threes, dude. Not good. It's not good. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I think we've talked enough. Yeah, we've wrapped it up, and we got trade so, deadline Thursday, so we'll yeah. see. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll be back 
If they don't make a move, they do make a move. If they don't make a move, we'll crack on them for not making a move. If they make a move, we'll overhype whoever they made the move for, right? There you go. This is the same year. Championship. All right. Thanks for listening to the Blazer Focus Podcast. I'm Aaron Fentress. He's Craig Burnback. Please leave this a positive rating and click the subscribe button. And we'll catch you on Thursday with a special trade deadline edition of the Blazer Focus Podcast.